0: Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. And we are looking at everything away from the Sussexes this week. We've had an absolute sort of Sussex avalanche of news at the start of the new year. But the rest of the royal family have been. Busy, mainly for better, occasionally for worse, over the last week. Um, and I am your host, Anne Gripper, welcoming back Daily Mirror Royal editor Russell Myers from his travels. Oh,
1: that's quite, I need the drum roll for that. That's quite exciting.
0: Did you bring me back a present? No. Did you bring Mrs. Myers a present? No. Oh, Russell. I'm
1: very bad at this sort of thing. Oh, dear. I, I, I just got through the door and then collapsed into bed it's been, a, it's been a <laughs> well I mean there's a present for Mrs Myers yeah. right there no, no, right no, no, there no. so
0: okay well welcome back um, things Thanks. that you missed while you were away we talked to um, some media experts we talked to the head of Ipso yes. and um, our old colleague Carol Watson who's now a senior law lecturer um, thank you for Yelena Alvarez-McCoy, sorry if I've got your name a little bit wrong, but I think that's right, um, who messaged on Instagram who said um, she thought it was interesting that uh, the point that in a newspaper you can see a different aspect of the coverage as opposed to kind of the single links or stories that you would see online. So I went and spoke to our head of circulation, Johnny Howard, about how our international listeners could best see the, the newspaper and read your fine words in the newspaper and see it get a different perspective on it all and the good news is if you sign up for the Daily Mirror iPad edition you get a two month free trial this is very exciting it's very exciting news isn't it so you know if, if e-edition doesn't have to be on iPad whichever um, e-edition provider you use have a look see if you can find the Daily Mirror and you can read Russell's work In Glorious Technicolor in there and all of the other well, British what, goings on what's not to love you get Love Island well, all the sport have also, you been watching Love Island? no like, this I'm,
1: will be a mad phenomenon for For the uh, American and They have Love Island
0: elsewhere. They definitely have Love Island in Australia. Do they? Yes, yes. What about the States? Anyway, that's a whole different (laughs) podcast. Happy Australia Day, belatedly, as well, to our Australian listeners. Um, We weren't as good as the royals in posting our Happy Australia Day updates, but there were some nice, cute pictures from their previous visits. We
1: are thinking of all Australians who are still going through the... it's
0: just going on and on and it must be really horribly miserable so stay safe and look after yourselves so russell where to start where have you been
1: where have i been um well i was obviously in israel i was in bethlehem occupied palestinian territories which was Jolly good fun! It is a. Uh, I mean, Jerusalem is is probably my my fame my f- most favourite city in the world. I think it's uh, of all the travels we've done over the last few years. It's um it's a ma- it's a really magical place, and um, uh, it was a, a huge privilege to to go back there.
0: And how did Prince Charles's visit compare to? Because you were obviously out there with Prince William, yeah. um, just over a year ago, a year and a half ago. So yeah, how did those two visits compare? I mean, obviously, both future kings, but at different stages yeah. in their in their kind of development. Oh, well, Charles
1: wasn't playing volleyball on the beach.
0: Oh, there's a missed opportunity. That's the
1: first. <laughs> that's the first one we can knock off. Um, it was it was different actually. It was a different feeling about it. Obviously, there was um, it was the 75th anniversary of the uh, end of the Holocaust, the liberation of Auschwitz, and um there was quite a somber feeling throughout it really i mean it the the build up towards it we had been speaking about charles's trip for with um uh, g- going to yad vashem going to the holocaust memorial he we went to the israeli museum and um and it was it was somber and i i felt that he he spoke very very powerfully um he he delivered a, a masterful speech really talking about you know the the issues that still um exists today about how there is you know there's still race hate there's still um ill feeling to marginalised communities about how they are struggling and about how that we should be very very mindful of these things I- um, in today's society because we would never want to uh, repeat the you know the mistakes of the past the actual horror of the past so um it was it was it was a fascinating trip to see him up close and i think that Whereas you know, ch- from what I observe, that Charles doesn't really speak a lot. He he listens intently to people, and people are you know are fascinated by that. Really, if he doesn't. He's probably less involved than um, so, well on this trip, from what I can see, with you know, people that he's meeting. You always see the younger ones getting really involved. Whereas you know, d- to the Charles is a deep thinker, and he thinks. Um, well, he certainly pays attention to what was being told to him, and there was an awful lot of history that he was having to to. Um, to, uh, to 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 take on board and um and I and I felt that he you know the two speeches that he made were were, were masterful.
0: And was this I can't remember, was this his first visit to It
1: is his first official visit. Now he's been to Jerusalem before um for two funerals, uh but this was his first official visit to so which undertaking engagements on um, on behalf of the royal family and um and you know we went to the West Bank with him and that's in it's just a it's an incredible place. You go to Manger Square and you've got sort of Mosque of Omar on one side and he was you know doing shown around there, signed the visitors' book in Arabic, which I thought was a very nice touch. And then you go across the square and you have the church of nativity and you're witnessing you're 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 looking at the place where Christians believe that Jesus was born and then we went into this, um, it's called the, the Chapel of St. George, which is this sort of tiny annexed building, which is uh, just off of the Church of Nativity. And um, there was 13 de- t- t- sort of different denominations or religions, um, sort of side by side, having this one service for him. And that was a big deal because, they, you know, there's obviously a lot of tension in in the region between, with it, uh, you know, Christians, Jews, Muslims living side by side together. And... Um, And they were sort of all in awe of him, really, because I think that we often forget that throughout his life he's done an awful lot to bring communities together. And they were were modelling the service on another service, which I wasn't aware of, actually. In 2018, he brought um, a lot of uh, different denominations together, and they had sort of um, a multi faith service in um in, in 2018 in Westminster Abbey and um and and this particular service was um was based on that and he was sort of the guest of honor really it was um it was a it was a pleasure pleasure to see it was sort of me and then a lot of monks uh, orthodox priests um Jewish rabbis and then charles I mean, it's just I mean, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, you
0: know, it's um, just just a standard every day. Yeah, it's uh, it's you have to take a seat
1: back sometimes and 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 really appreciate where you are. And I and I do. I I mean, it's it is a magical, magical place and something that really takes your breath away whenever you're there. And especially you know, standing at the top of the Mount of Olives where his grandmother is buried, and he visited Princess Alice's grave grave, uh, grave obviously um, Duke of Edinburgh's mother um who he was very fond of he, you know she lived in Buckingham Palace for the last few sort of, few years before she died and um yeah i mean it's just a, it's a, it's a really really special place
0: and um, going back to what you said about kind of the different denominations in that service charles has kind of always been quite interesting on this front because the british monarch has got an unusual position because they're also head of the church of england mm. and part of the as i understand it, part of the kind of the coronation oath is being defender of the faith mm. and there has always been talk that actually prince charles would like to be defender of the faiths plural sure. being inclusive of yeah. you know yeah. kind of modern britain and to i guess undoing a lot of the past Agro, that there's yeah, been over the we position live in very
1: different societies and you know imagine look how far we've come since 52 i mean there is an awful lot of work that he's done in the field of trying to be and he spoke about this as well and he was saying that it was um an event in bethlehem and he was saying you know i've always striven to bring people of different faiths and uh, backgrounds together and that's something that i've you know made one of my life's missions and um and he's and he's done it pretty well i mean it's it, it was really interesting to speak to some of the different um you know the the top dogs of the religions who are out there and um and really appreciate how well he is how much he is valued and how much he is respected because it might just be whether you know we may see him doing f- um, engagements here but that stretches far and wide and he was um you know he certainly was a guest of honor they were they were absolutely over the moon to have him there
0: and obviously further commemorations yesterday with um, Holocaust Memorial Day with yes. William and Kate here, Camilla.
1: In outfits. In I mean, it's, you know, some of this footage was hugely moving. Um, a shout out to an Instagram profile that I had. Someone was telling me in, in Israel actually, and um, and I've been having a bit of chatter with them privately just about. Um, it's a it's a it's an Instagram uh, profile called Ava Stories. E V A S E V A rather. Mm. Ava Stories, and um, th- they're using the platform to to essentially. It's a, a fourteen-year-old girl who is in nineteen forty-four Poland or Hungary rather and yeah, you know, some of her fat family and friends get taken off to the cons- concentration camps and it's living as though it were now so with instagram or with emojis and stuff so if you haven't seen that check it out because that i have been absolutely blown away by it and it has really educated me to a different sort of um understanding of the, ho- of, the of the holocaust and um it's been a very very moving time the last uh few days that's uh, you know I've been very taken aback by a lot of the coverage and I thought that William and Kate were, were fantastic yesterday. And certainly Kate's photographs that she's she did with the two Holocaust survivors that were released um, during the week and I found them them pretty moving. I and mean,
0: that project, I think, has gone down really well. It's incredible, really And yeah. um, it's kind of interesting uh, seeing the evolution of the project and kind of the work that sort of went on behind the scenes. And the, the relationship.
1: Scenes. She met one of the ladies yesterday. You could see there was a video knocking around and... Um, just, he's got such a very, very sweet nature and you could tell that it wasn't just a photography job, it had become a passion. And I spoke to a lad, uh, a chap called Justin Cohen, who is um, the news editor of Jewish News, who had a huge um, a, a huge involvement within the project. Um, and he's written a really good blog post, actually. He about has, it actually, well. and you should definitely check it out. I'm sure I've retweeted it. And he was saying that it was one of, you know, it was, possibly one of the proudest moments of his career, but also that he really wanted everyone to know how involved Kate had got, and I thought that was... Yeah, they do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and we can't publicise all of it, and sometimes we just... It will come across where, oh, look, Kate's done these photographs, and it's for Holocaust Memorial Day, and they obviously did the thing in Westminster yesterday. However... This was a labour of love, and it and it really there was some behind the scenes photographs put on the Instagram of Kensington Palace yesterday, and that just gives you a flavour. But it was really interesting to talk to Justin, and and he um and he and you know he articulated very well about how diligent she was, and um and and I think that Kate had said you know these stories will stay for, with me forever, and I've I've felt like that massively. I think that I've met people over the last week that have um you know giving me a deeper understanding of of, especially this it's a big anniversary and and unfortunately you know the survivors of the holocaust are are passing away um and there will be you know only a few a handful of these um anniversaries left where they're there to to be able to commemorate it and, and and remember so we must not forget
0: and if you're interested in kind of the general principles of remembrance, then well worth checking out our podcast from back in November when we talked about around in the run-up yes. to Remembrance Day and yep. the British Legion. Um, so I'm going to do a, a shout-out for something, which was the yeah. BBC drama of Wind- called Windermere Children, which was about some um, children who had been rescued from, uh, well, who liberated from one of the concentration camps and were resettled for a few months in the Lake District to, to kind of re to... Life, which was you know, it's kind of quite an extraordinary story. It was, it was really sort of beautifully and gently told, and was it's kind of after the horror to a certain extent. People still dealing with the horrors of having to live with live with it all, but quite a sort of a very warm and and moving story. And then, so Kate's pictures, obviously, so there was talk about her. She kind of modeled them on Vermeer. Vermeer so she's yeah. combining two of her her loves: her kind of fine art history and um, and photography. So there's sort of these quite sort of solemn, formal settings. And then the contrast with those amazing pictures that went up on the um, the Kensington Palace social media accounts and probably unusually on such a solemn day they were just full of joy and laughter mm, mm. and you know Kate was just absolutely cracking up you know the woman that she formed such a good relationship though whether they were kind of like looking laughing at these photos or you, you know you could just imagine one of them had said something to the other and actually you know there is in that remembrance for the people who have Survived, I think this was one of the things about the Windermere children that was so kind of incredible, like seeing the what they 'd go on gone on gone to on be to do, yeah. and do and contribute, and that they had managed to take the joy out of the life that they had been lucky enough to be left to sure. live absolutely to a certain extent, so yeah, a very very moving it's been day. A very
1: thoughtful week you know uh, and either, and even the lead up to it um and, um you know i thought I thought they've especially you know william McKay at uh, at yesterday's service. you could see that they were very moved by it um so yeah, I think we've covered it with an important day it. well so marked very much so
0: um before. Charles headed off to Israel he was in Davos
1: yes well this was another big moment I mean almost forget. did you this. get to go there or was no it... I didn't it was it was going to be too um too hectic and I've you know I, can't, I don't fly in private jets because of obviously climate change and uh, yeah well have,
0: yeah. well because that is something that we probably should address here because yes. obviously Prince Charles was meeting with Greta Thunberg yep. essentially the most famous climate activist Eco-warrior. probably that there's ever been like even more famous than swampy who was camped out <laughs> when we were when we were teenagers at school yeah. trying to stop a dual carriageway he was like the 1990s eco hero greta outcome. is on a different scale
1: yeah. and for being so young as well and certainly that i think everybody wants to meet her or be photographed with her um
0: but do you want to meet her after you've just been flying around on private jets or is that a well, bit awkward well let's be certainly. honest
1: i mean this is a two Sided coin, isn't it? I mean, there was a story in the papers this weekend. Have you got the details? It's something like I think it was eleven, 11 flights. flights in sixteen days, or, or the something. other way around.
0: So we're anyway, good on the detail Prince here. Prince Charles has
1: had, you know, he was in Oman because of um, the uh, the King of Oman uh, passed away. And then he was obviously, the, the, he didn't take all these flights and the, pr- the issue is that some of the flights were taken with empty planes and this is very controversial. That for
0: me is where the issue is.
1: Absolutely, it's insane because there are flights being taken um, you know, across Europe and across the Middle East back to the UK where there was nobody on them um there was helicopters being dispatched from Norfolk to Scotland or Scotland to Norfolk and you know this is a you know it's a very very valid point because i think you know i am in agreement that the royal family do important business and there is a security risk and you know to give harry his due some you know when he said that many moons ago which seems an absolute lifetime ago but he was saying not only is it sometimes security risk but they do do a lot of work and they have to be at certain places and when you're flying on an official business as most of them do um, to use private jets I don't necessarily have a problem with that I, you know, we uh, we can go back to the flip side and say that Harry and Meghan shouldn't have been taking private jets to Ibiza a Nice because that's a very short trip,
0: and there are scheduled regu- there are there regular, are regular scheduled, scheduled flights. flights. But
1: in when the um you know the Amir uh, of Oman died. And they've got to go. Uh, he's got to go over there to, um, to, you know, to pay his respects on behalf of the royal family. Then I think that is a valid reason. But then th- apparently the crew had overstayed their uh, their hours. Had um, they'd gone over their hours, and then the pr- the issue was that they had to fly another plane to pick him up from Luton. I mean, it's absolute madness. And I think that there is scope to rethink this a lot of time especially when he was meeting Greta and he was speaking about climate change and again his speech was incredible he spoke about which he said before about this decade to save the world that he wanted to leave um, a, you know a, pla- a, a planet worthy of living on for his grandchildren and certainly he's been s- saying this for years about how that um, we we need to make drastic changes however if you are not taking the steps yourself and you are speaking on a global platform, then you are opening yourself up to to valid criticism, I think, and the I'm hypocrisy sure, charges, and yes, all of I that. Yes, I think so. You know, and we certainly can't label it at Harry and Meghan without um, you know questioning the choices of the other members of the royal family. And it, even though it was on official business, but uh, this this. Um, this uh this issue of flying jets around the world that are empty i had huge huge issues with
0: yeah it seems that seems very unnecessary i think so one one thing to um mention so there is there's this plane that is available for the use of the prime minister and yes. the royal family royal family gets first dibs basically yes. or certainly prince charles does um what well, i'm not 100% sure so Bro- boris johnson also flew out to have his picture taken with Oman to say Sorry, Mm. at your amia. Hello to the new one. Um, So whether they would have shared their flights or what was going on, I don't know. But you know there is a degree of, um, and then they would pro- potentially have had a press pack travelling with them, even if it was just the certainly when the prime minister goes, there's a press pack. But sometimes yeah, well, I mean, sometimes business it. people as it. well. It's, it's
1: a big plane and you can fit a lot of people on there, and it does make sense that uh, you know rather than us all flying off. To, to, it's and it is a it's a huge privilege and it's um uh, and I imagine that it's probably the best way to travel. And I know um, Chris
0: Ship, I think it was Chris Ship from ITV, said you know even after immediately after the Davos question kind of in that when the questions were first being raised, but like how is he getting around yeah. to all of these events? It's all very well travelling from the airport in your electric exactly, car yeah. if you've flown there on a private jet. um So in terms of he said that like the logistics of that trip for the time periods, presumably from going to from Davos to Israel and the engagements there, plus the people and the entourage and whatever, mm. they they'd looked at it and tried to avoid it, I think was what he said. But on that occasion it made most sense to fly chartered well, hence, arguably hence, rather hence than private I jets did, hence
1: why i didn't go to davos because I, could, I couldn't have got to israel it was it was impossible you could have you had done two overnight train, but i still would have been late so you know, we were we were very there was an awful lot of coverage um through people's business desks or um you know, other correspondents being in davos that was going to be well covered but the the trip to israel and um the Palestinian territory were, were, were not well covered. It was a very small press pack, and, and lucky and we were very l- lucky to have gone on it. And I think um, that that was the right decision.
0: But I think know? I think it is it is a different time. I think they will look more at their flights every time. Do they? Yeah, they do they have to? They They'll have to. You know. I think
1: it's going to get questioned all the time, isn't it? So. People
0: people in our in our lives you know should should we go vegan and and do that kind of thing or eat less meat that's kind of a big thing I've got a friend who said you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fly anymore I've got to do my bit um and so you know f- fair play to you she, she says I understand it's not for everybody but actually for me I'm not gonna fly anymore that's my kind she's of she's not gonna fly she's not gonna fly wow I know
1: that's a massive
0: but it's a massive deal
1: I mean you cut off half the world don't you but you know you, you i mean there are a
0: lot of interesting places to see of course there are. there are a lot of interesting places to see but i do have i do have two really good friends who live in america mm. and either they wouldn't be able to fly back if we were banned we'd never see each other yeah, again for sure. which is you know maybe at some stage that is what going to be what the world comes to yeah. but hopefully we'll still have skype and that'll still work otherwise it's a very long kind of yogurt yeah. pot and string to get across <laughs> the atlantic but um you know it does there is a lot of reflection and all that kind of stuff so anyway it's changing times in so many ways Russell
1: send us your best train journeys perhaps you know I'm sure there's some magnificent places all around eastern Europe and sailing holiday you go sailing that'd be quite fun
0: yeah also there are also uh, cycling cycling holidays also, we spent w- a
1: full week, you know, week in Wales last uh, ten eight days. It was masterful, it was magical.
0: And yeah, my picture
1: and it was you know the, it was beautiful weather. The Pembrokeshire coast is incredible.
0: Yeah, the bu- really busy weekend that Russell had the other weekend when I I posted a picture of Kermit the Frog typing like a crazy <laughs> person on Instagram, and I posted my like nice serene picture of the sea that was in Cornwall. Was so it that was in Cornwall? So highly highly recommend. Yes, that's where I am from originally, so obviously highly recommend. Anyway, oh,
1: let's. Let, what's the jam and the cream?
0: Oh come on! Shippy was asking this. Jam on Twitter. first.
1: Jam first, then the cream. That's cornish. Yeah. Because if
0: you're proud of your cream, you put the cream on the top. And also, I think you can get a lot more on if you put the cream on the top.
1: Interesting. Interesting. That's not m- normally my vibe. I would go cream jam.
0: Oh, you're Devon. I'm uh, yeah, wrong side of the <laughs> river, Russell. Wrong side of the river. Um. So another big project that was launched last year, Kate's. Yes. Kate's big early years survey. Where she, did, she did another kind of a tour, She's running been around the country.
1: She's sort of certainly taking up the mantle from the Sussexes now. That there's a, a gap in the market. Yeah. I think well, this was all planned, to be honest. But it's been very convenient that there's um, a lot of attention.
0: Well, I think it's even that you know it kind of makes sense of the whole. They needed to get on and get the deal sorted out because there were a load of announcements and, coming, and, yeah, and, yeah, they, and they, they wanted want to clear the, the air and get everything they didn't want all this But we're not talking about the Sussexes no. like,
1: <clears> this <throat> Yeah. So let's talk about Kate's uh, big big five questions. Yeah. Which were more than sort of five questions. It wasn't it wasn't that simple but
0: it never essence, is. Essence.
1: Um Kate's been doing early years development for well, they say for about eight years. It's certainly been an interest and I think she's really picked up speed in the last sort of eighteen months probably on this project.
0: And kind of really focused in and yeah, hand it in seem, on it. you know
1: she's doing a lot more uh, engagements with it, I think that. Even you know, for instance, today she was doing something at the Evelina Children's Hospital, which is a you know a, a children's children's hospital that teaches that looks after very sick kids. But she had merged that with um, her patronage of the National Portrait Gallery and doing photography and sort of 3D uh, theatre um, sessions with the kids. Now this is run before, but that you know Kate is obviously now involved in it because she took the Evelina patronage on last year, but I'm sure that was obviously helping with her work with early years. We were in Blackpool doing stuff with her uh a while ago. She's visited a you know a several other sort of kids' groups and it does seem to be um gathering pace and now she's launched this what they're calling the biggest survey of its kind and there's going to be sort of um thousands and thousands of parents and guardians asked about their perspectives of early years development and what it means to have uh, different to grow up in different environments and this will be a landmark um study they're, they're hoping
0: be interesting to see how it evolves and i think something else that you kind of got a feeling from her so her going back to um the the prison and meeting with some of the former um female inmates that she'd met with previously that she does I think in the past she's kind of gone back to sick children and that kind of thing. Like, there are people who she does carry with her once she's met them and is kind of in, is interested in how how their lives work out. And, uh, you know, there were some tremendous some tremendous pictures, like yeah. children in, you know, yellow hats and bricks being thrown about and all yeah, sorts and of things. Yeah, just back to that.
1: On. I mean, the stuff at the prison, I mean, she, I think she first visited in, in 2015 and was very, very interested in their... Um, you know the drug and alcohol program and how that has affected people's um, childhood or certainly their not only childhoods if you grow up in an environment of that of that sort, but also what that means to you know for your future prospects. If you grow up in that sort of environment, how important is it for your development as a child, teenager, adolescent? So all of these are interlinked, and I think she's doing it very well. Into you know, it's, it's it's sort of under the radar, but. This study, coupled with a couple of other big projects coming up this year, you you would imagine that um, we will see, you know. And, and, and she said before, this is a life's work, so I think we will see a lot of development over in the next um, sort of few months to years.
0: And in those environments, she quite naturally talks about her own life as a mother, and she talked about that feeling of being isolated when was she was great, on Anglesey.
1: Amazing story, really, because you think we don't we don't know necessarily. I think she's opened up a lot since. So I, I've been doing this job nearly two years. Can you believe?
0: Is that all? Oh, feels like forever. I mean, there's been uh, a. It's like dog years. There's been a lot of royal well, news. It's
1: been incredible, you know. And a lot of the sort of veterans on the royal beat say, this period of the last sort of eighteen months, really since the sort of Sussexes got married. I mean, it's been absolutely amazing, Non-stop. Anyway, sort of, I think she has really sort of opened up, and she's got more comfortable in her own skin, and she is using her own. Uh, experiences to connect to different people. A little I think joke she was today going, about
0: waiting for a long time yes, for a proposal. See?
1: And th- th- these little snippets. Uh, and she's getting much more confident about you know, being able to reveal a little bit of herself because I suppose she'd probably, you're probably terrified you just don't want to slip up or say the wrong thing. And now she's used to the press. She knows how to deal with them. She feels more comfortable around cameras. But that, that revealing insight of saying when they were in Anglesey and William was off being... Um, a uh, search and rescue pilot of how she felt isolated, and I think a lot of mums, and indeed parents, would would, would uh, that would resonate with them, and I think that that's that's really endearing to see that she's actually putting herself out there and and willing to to give a give a little bit of her personality.
0: Well, I know we're not talking about the Sussexes this week, but there mm-hmm. were some people that did spot that some pictures of Meghan at the Mayhew emerged at pretty much exactly the same time as this yeah. as this project was being launched. There's a bit and of it's
1: controversy about them, but it, just the fact of they came out at eight o'clock in the morning, and the Sussexes would never normally put stuff out that I think. And it was because Prince Charles's speech was being trailed at that time. So, it depends if you're a conspiracy theorist. It depends if you're a conspiracy
0: theorist. It, Did uh,
1: man land on the moon?
0: Well, I believe yes, but um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Uh, but what it for, either way, what it does potentially speak to is that with a fragmented household, yes, it becomes harder, for whatever reason, whether it's logistics or agendas, mm. it becomes harder to coordinate things.
1: Well, it certainly will be, won't it? And this is the this is issue, let's say... Last Sussex mentioned, because when they were trying to get it all sorted, they obviously didn't want, the, the, the Palace of the Queen did not want big news last week overshadowed. So you had William doing his big event at Buckingham Palace, which Kate was there. Then you had Kate's big five questions. She was doing another event. Then obviously Charles was a disp- big first trip to the Middle East and get you know official engagements in Jerusalem, Bethlehem, big deal, climate change, all these big issues. And if you don't have that sort of synergy between the houses, it's going to be very very difficult and there will there will definitely be instances where things pop up over you know on the other side of the Atlantic if they're doing their own uh, own thing. So um I don't know it means to be seen
0: yeah because while there is infinite internet space and podcast space to a degree as far as I can get mm. Russell in a room but in- newspapers have a limited limited amount yeah. of space Um should mention very quickly Sophie Wessex was also away in Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone last week yes big trip um now we're gonna get onto the naughty bit which has been the bad bit again for the royal family with prince andrew back at me I no no you've been very well behaved russell <laughs> i'm glad you're feeling a bit better um yes prince andrew back on the front pages of the newspapers yes. today as Just it rumbles when thought on
1: it had gone away and now that um a u.s attorney in manhattan uh, stood on the steps, no less, of Jeffrey Epstein's former home in New York.
0: Way to pick a backdrop I and make an impact.
1: The optics are pretty strong, and then he delivered this speech where he was um, suggesting that they had, in quote, had zero cooperation from the Duke of York, and uh, intimated that the FBI had made attempts uh, to speak to the to speak to Prince Andrew and that he hadn't been forthcoming. Now, this is in complete contrast to uh, the statements he had previously given from uh, you know, via Buckingham Palace and certainly in the Newsnight interview. Um, certainly, the, I mean, the statement said l- last time, of course I am willing to help any appropriate law enforcement agency with their investigations if required. Now, that seems pretty conclusive to me, that he has promised to help out... Um, if they come knocking, and it seems as though they have come knocking, and the FBI do want to speak to him, now we must say Prince Andrew has denied all of the allegations against him. However, um, the main um, woman uh, alleged sex abuse victim in all of this, Virginia Roberts Giffrey, her lawyer is uh, is calling him out and saying, you know, if you've got nothing to hide, there are people who are denied, um disputing your version of events, and you should speak to the FBI. Um and any other law enforcement agency that um that wants to speak to you and so, it doesn't look
0: good, so it doesn't. But I'm going to give another shout out to Carol Watson, who was on the previous episode, who has highlighted um, the tweets of Lisa Bloom, trial lawyer, who um, declared uh, who she said she was doing a round of various UK press interviews um, on behalf of the five Epstein victims she represents. Um, saying essentially that Prince Andrew should cooperate with law enforcement and answer questions, but all of the interviewers raised the Harry Dunn case. How many Americans have heard of this? Um, So she says, an American and Securus will not return to the UK to face questions regarding the death of Harry Dunn outside an American airbase in the UK. So this works both ways. Maybe if you extradited her, we might feel more that Prince Andrew should go to you, say some Brits um i understand diplomatic immunity so she was uh, is the wife of a diplomat um but this is not a good look if we want cooperation you mu- we must cooperate in their investigations too I'm tweeting about this to make Americans aware that this is very much on the minds of the UK press and public based on all my interviews. And then she's tweeted again saying, I cannot emphasise enough to my mostly American followers how outraged the UK public is that we are asking Prince Andrew to cooperate with our investigation, yet American Anne Sekoulis is not cooperating with theirs, which involves a recent vehicle death of a British teen. So, you know...
1: This is a fantastic point. And I think this is going to get a bit of traction in the US because a lot of people did not... Know about the Harry Dunn case, and so it will resonate with people in the states because we're supposed to have this special relationship, and yet it would appear that um, that the Americans are 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 not willing to engage with us uh, in a in a case that is is of national importance. And certainly, if Prince Andrew, um, if if they want to speak to him, then they will have to come through the relevant authorities. On the flip side, there you know there are legal experts today saying that they wouldn't allow Prince Andrew to go to the States because of the fear of him being arrested. Now certainly he's um, denied any wrongdoing at all, and I'm sure that there are relevant fears that if he did put himself up to be interviewed by the FBI then you know it may be out of his hands, so I'm sure he is taking legal advice. To um to try and safeguard his own future,
0: and it is yeah is it the the family of Harry Dunn uh very, obviously very much campaigning for justice um for him so that some, you know the the woman that the police want to question can be properly questioned, um and the way they spoke about it was very moving and sort of kind of saying there is that degree of uh. If something is being held against you, do you do you face up to it and kind of confront it, confront it head on, or do you do you kind of ignore it and and leave it there to to fester? Essentially, mm. so it's an interesting aspect.
1: Well, what it did prove is that the Prince Andrew saga is not going away, and I think that this is going to run and run. And certainly, for Buckingham Palace's part, uh, there has been no comment now. Um, it's been the the any sort of requests have been put over to Prince Andrew's lawyers. And that shows you quite an interesting point that there is this distinction now because he has stepped back from public duties, he is uh he's no longer a working royal and therefore, you know, he's he's been left to largely sort his own affairs out.
0: So, yes, so, that one will be coming up this again. Space. It will be. Um, one thing we know that is coming up very soon is BAFTA at the weekend. Yes. So BAFTA this year, they're going on the um, on the green uh, on the green thing and sort of encouraging people to either wear something that they've worn before, hire something, or wear something vintage. So Russell, have you got a favourite red carpet outfit that you'd love to see Kate wearing again?
1: Uh, well, uh, the only one I know is the white one with the the sash with the sh- off the shoulder number.
0: Oh, the one from last—I think that's the oh, last year. Yeah, yeah. The, the one, the one, the one-shouldered, One-shoulder. very gorgeous Grecian-style gown. Grecian, very good. Um, so I put a few of my favourite ones up on the Instagram stories for people to rate. or well, occasionally snake. No, I think people mainly mainly like them. Um... I'll post them on the Instagram more permanently so you can see which ones I picked. Uh, So messages I had back were Alex Gayla Train. I need to see her in the pink Gucci again. So gorgeous. I didn't actually include that one in my selections because I think it's a bit too recent. Um, The green Jenny Packham with the amazing back from the 2012 Olympic Gala, which is one of my absolute favourites. Holly says that's my
1: one that got redesigned.
0: No. no. Yeah, I think it's the black one. <laughs> 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 I was just you just need to say anything with a pussy bow, Russell. Come on. Um, Kate Kate wore a pussy bow to launch her um I think she was doing for her project. Yes,
1: and some people have been tweeting me. I, know,
0: I love it. I know it's great. <laughs> uh so Karen Tippy said that the Jenny Packham one is one of my all-time favorite gowns she has ever worn. However, she just rewore it last year. That's why I don't think it's likely she'll wear it to the um Debbie Abud sent some heart eyes for the white and gold McQueen dress that she wore at the Malaysia State Dinner. Um, but Liz Ross wasn't such a fan. She said it's kind of young for her and not very sophisticated. I could see someone in her late teens or early twenties rocking it. Um, she rated the deep blue Jenny Packham for the 2014 National Portrait Gala her second favorite, but she says I die for the black velvet strapless she wore with the ruby necklace years ago, which I think is another um, McQueen one. Um, And Emma Nicholson, she wasn't sure about the White and Gold McQueen for a BAFTA event, but yes, for a tour as opposed to the pink Jenny Packham from the art gala back in 2011, where she said in absolute capital letters, yes, yes, yes. A thousand times. Yes. That's pretty definitive. Yeah, it is. And I have to say, actually, I think, I think overall that is my one that I would really like her to wear. And Marty Crescenti says, I love this one, but looking at it again, I am very aware that no part of my body could even remotely fit fit in this. And then she sent me three crying, laughing emojis. And I was like, I know the feeling. Um, Amy had a different view of things. She said, we don't share the same favourites, um, but the different perspectives and reactions about her fashion are part of what makes it so fun to follow. Um, Amy's favourites. she liked the red dress from the Chinese state dinner, um, which I do really like, but I'm not sure it's BAFTA. Um, she liked last year's incredible one-shoulder BAFTA gown, as as Russell spotted as well. Um, and, unusually, she liked the Erdem for V&A, which really divided opinions at the time. It was quite a big kind of floral number um, looked a bit like a kind I'm of looking a, at you blankly. yeah looked i don't know a bit bit like a sofa, bad sofa covering oh i dear. think yeah no i really wasn't a fan sorry amy um, missy mbsk says she hopes she goes for something vintage i mean it would be quite fun if kate oh, kate uh, whipped something I'm out of the royal archive a, i'm just
1: reading a message from missy mbsk wow because i was just going, trying to go through my messages and she'd said love positive save the queen uh and you're reporting i mean this is a shout out to me basically but (laughs) on everything from royal from pussy bows to other news so yes that's your tagline here to please new
0: twitter bio (laughs) please now russell so um so there we go and next time we meet we will probably get to speak about what kate wore at bafta is there anything else going on russell that we should know about you
1: always do this to me i I always forget because i've just been busy with the stuff of the day um uh, yeah, there is there is a lot, and we'll talk about there it. There is a lot coming up, so you just have to tune in next week and tell you all about it.
0: Yeah, and follow us uh, in the meantime. Russell is busy on Twitter and on the Instagram these days. I'm we trying. are trying. We are at Pod Save. Uh, we love to get your messages, and we love to have you with us. Um, this is your episode for this week. We're going to try and resume slightly more normal service and go back to one episode a week so that russell can write even more lovely words for you to read in the newspapers on your and free ipad trial
1: crazy again you never know
0: well who knows well, there's no let up no it? let up well russell i'm glad that you have feeling a little bit better and your voice yeah, has I've held out voice back, yeah. great to have you with us listeners great to have you with us as well and until next time
1: save the queen!